from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report? We are excited about today's program. It's been a great week of uh, podcast already with Dennis Lausch stopping by, Hoda Kotb from NBC's Today Show, and today we continue a great lineup as we'll visit with Jen Brown from the NFL Network. This is a very interesting visit today. I hope that you like. The voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, drops by today, and I go one-on-one with Saints wide receiver Lance Moore. The Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. News around the NFL already today uh, reports out earlier that Jay Gruden's been hired as the new head coach of the Washington Redskins. We may hear more coaching news later on today, but otherwise uh, things are being dominated by the matchups this weekend in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And, boy, we are inching ever closer now to kick off for the Saints and Seahawks, 3.35 Central Time on Saturday. The Saints will practice today, 11.45 to 1.45, visit with the media afterwards, uh, and that includes head coach Sean Payton and defensive coordinator Rob Ryan. I'll duck into the locker room this afternoon and get one more uh, one-on-one interview for you for tomorrow's Black and Blue Reports. And then the Saints travel. They will uh, go wheels up from Armstrong at uh, 5 o'clock. Right about that time, they'll head off to Seattle where they'll have a day to acclimate themselves at the Northwest, uh, the time change and all that before Saturday afternoon's kickoff. So a great show today, a very busy day here on Airline Drive. And, of course, we thank you for making us a part of your day. Help us spread the news, won't you, about the Black and Blue Report. You can follow on Twitter at Black Blue Report, or you can follow me uh, personally at Sean Kelly Live. On the Pelican side, a loss last night at home. I was a little surprised uh, as the Pelicans lost to the Wizards, 102-96. And while only falling by six, the Pelicans at one point last night trailed by 23. And nothing seemingly was going right in quarters two and three for the Pelicans, who dropped to 15-19 and now on the season. They've also lost three straights. This is uh, head coach Monty Williams after the ball game last night. Which I know you don't like to talk about energy and all that stuff but it did look like they had they were clearly the more energetic team yeah but I mean there's no excuse for that you know we got young guys so for us to not be able to play with the kind of effort that it takes to win a game especially when you're under man not having Ryan and having a couple guys not play well you know you have to you know being tired is not an excuse not 30 plus games in maybe 50 to 60, uh, but not right now. Uh, Monty, I know that you don't like to talk about – you like to take each game one at a time and yeah. so forth, but you've got a stretch coming up, five games, all against division opponents, four of them here at home. How much is that going to – how do you feel about your team's possibility, chances in those games as a whole? If we compete and play hard, we can play against anybody. I believe that. And I'm not saying that because I'm the coach. I know that to be true. And I said that to our team tonight. If you compete in this league, you got that NBA symbol on your jersey and you compete, you give yourself a chance to win. And 
We've shown the ability to compete against top-level teams. That's all we have to do is compete. And we're going to be at home. We need our crowd behind us. <laughs> you know, not a guy screaming at me the whole game about what I should be doing. Um, that's just silly. But we, if we compete, which we will, because I'm going to put the guys on the floor that are going to compete, we give ourselves a chance to win. And I know who we're playing against, but that's immaterial to me. you got to give yourself a chance to win by competing. Of course, we'll hear more from Coach Williams tonight on the Monty Williams Radio Show. That you'll find in New Orleans on 105.3 WWL-FM. Uh, and if time permits on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report, we'll share some of his visit, his uh, longest visit each week with us on Thursdays on tomorrow's program. So be looking on the lookout for that. Pelicans back in action tomorrow night at home. There are some tickets still available for the uh, Mavericks game. Uh, there are some promotional things to uh, send your way as well, and you can find the de- details on that at pelicans.com, and then they'll go on the road to face Dallas over in Texas there on Saturday night. So a kind of an old, old-time old hockey back-to-back, a home-and-home home with the uh, Dallas Mavericks this week. Uh, more Pelicans, as I mentioned, tonight on the Monty Williams Radio Show, but we'll jump headlong into football in just a moment. Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, is next. He'll be followed by Lance Moore and then Jen Brown from the NFL Network on today's Black and Blue Report. Stay with us. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. Are you ready for healthcare reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about healthcare reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report on this Thursday. You know, it's kind of like Meet the Press. If it's Thursday, it's Jim Henderson. Uh, the voice of the Saints joins us here on the program today. Still to come, of course, Jen Brown for the NFL Network and wide receiver Lance Moore. But uh, here on this Thursday, and we're glad to have him back because the Saints must still be playing. Welcome in, Jim Henderson. Hello, Hondo. Sean, how are you today? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I just got this report in right here. Uh, it says here that your Q score has gone through the roof with your Thursday appearances on the Black and Blue Report. Yeah, I'm going to have to renegotiate this contract. I, in fact, I'm going to look for double what I was making this year. And what's what is two times nothing anyway? Uh, let me let me get back to you on that before the interview's over. How about that? Okay, uh, yeah, that'd be fine. Let me ask you during during the heyday of uh, local television, and I don't want to say it's over, but um, there was a day where the the 10 p.m. local news was probably a bigger deal than it is now, and that's no slide against anybody in the business. But uh, during your days at WWL-TV, did they ever do Q scores for you guys? Was that a part of it? You know, they probably did, but I don't think management would ever let you know what your Q score is because if it's good, you'd want more money. <laughs> and if it's bad, they'd fire you anyway. So uh, uh, we never we never got that. But I'm sure, you know, with, with all the consultants that everybody has, and certainly they had in the 80s and 90s, I'm sure they were aware of that, but again, if it was good, they wouldn't let you know that because you'd probably want to renegotiate or, or ask for more money. 
Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. I was just curious. I was just thinking about that on the way in today for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about before we get into this weekend's game is about baseball. Are you a big baseball fan, Jim? Do you follow what's going on with the Hall of Fame and all that? I do, um, because I was a big fan of the Braves. Uh, since uh, in the last few years, I can't tell you actually the last time I watched a whole baseball game, but I grew up as a fan of the then Boston Braves in 1956 and uh, then the Atlanta Braves after that. Um, and so I, and working in Atlanta, even though the Braves were terrible at that time, I was a big baseball fan, particularly of the Atlanta Braves and before that the Milwaukee Braves. So I was, uh, I was happy to see that both Maddox and Glavin are going in. I think that's, that's uh, certainly well-deserved, along with Frank Thomas. Did it surprise you that uh, Jack Morris and Craig Biggio both did not make it at this time? You know, I, I've been going and you know, seeing that thing about uh, one of the voters only voted for Jack Morris and nobody else because he was not a part of the steroid era. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of controversy about who gets a vote and what they do with it. I know Dan Lebertar down in Miami is getting some heat for what he did as sort of a protest to give his vote to Deadspin and let them decide uh, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's really a, a slippery slope, isn't it, when you start considering, well, was this guy a part of the steroid era, uh, PEDs, how much did that influence his numbers, and probably, you know, pitchers don't usually get accused of that for the most part, but obviously uh, hitters and and home run hitters do. So uh, it's a difficult task they've got now. Have you ever voted for a Hall of Fame of any kind? Uh, no, no, Saints Hall of Fame. Yep. yep. <laughs> no, nothing on nothing on the national level. Well, still, I mean, that's 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 significant. I think to folks around here, um, is it as mm-hmm. is it as difficult a process as it would seem to be? Sometimes it is. Uh, we've had some pretty spirited discussions. I respect all the guys on that committee a great deal, and it's usually uh, quite a spirited time, and guys really take it seriously. Uh, They just don't show up without uh, some ammunition uh, as to who they were going to vote for and who they don't think should be considered. So um, it's a very serious topic amongst the people in the local press. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. The uh, Black and Gold will travel later today to Seattle. So will Jim Henderson and his entire broadcast crew. Uh, Jim, it seems only fitting that the Saints and Seahawks meet again before we put this whole season to bed. You know, it really does, Sean. And uh, when they met out there uh, in Dece- on December 2nd, the battle was for the number one seed. And then when the Saints fell out of contention for that, for the most part, then they were in contention for the number two seed. And I remember our discussion was, well, even if it's the number two seed, if somebody could go out there as the number six and upset the Seahawks, then the Saints would have home field advantage to the rest of the playoffs. Well, then the Saints slid from consideration for number one to number two and eventually ended up number six. So now that role is the Saints to do exactly that, uh, to go out to Seattle in the divisional round game as a sixth seed and upset the number one seed and make it easier on the San Francisco's or Carolinas of the world. Daniel Salerson told me the other day that since 2005, the number six seed in the NFL playoffs has beaten the number one seed six out of eight times. Um, That's correct. Yes. uh, That seems abnormal to me yeah i was uh, surprised to find that stat as well it's something that i'm using in uh my preview of the game uh that will be broadcast on fox 8 uh, i believe tonight and then we'll also use it as the open to the game so that, i think that's one of the reasons uh for optimism um about this matchup even though the saints are the second biggest underdog of the weekend i think san diego is a bigger underdog but only by a point Saints are eight-point underdogs to the Seahawks. So I think that's a reason for optimism. But as I'll say in the open to the broadcast, I think if you really want 
the main reason for optimism for this team facing the Seahawks, it's the resurgence of the Saints' running game and the, their commitment to it. Because if you look at the Seahawks' defense, and this is astounding, you look at the Seahawks' defense, they led the NFL in points allowed, yards allowed, passing yards allowed, interceptions, takeaways, and turnover differential. Three of their starters out of the four in the secondary all going to the Pro Bowl. So that tells me that, um, especially with the conditions looking like what they're going to be, highs in the mid to high 40s and a 100% chance of rain, that a commitment to the running game is going to be even more paramount for the Saints uh, in this game against the Seahawks. And I think it's encouraging that they have sort of rediscovered their, their running game. 185 yards rushing last week against the Eagles was a, a real eye-opener. I don't expect they can do that against the Seahawks, but uh, with as well as they do, as good as they do taking the football, taking the football away from offenses uh, in the aerial game, I think it's paramount that the Saints have uh, success in the running game and, and rush for over 100 yards. It's a perfect lead into my next question, Jim. Since the meeting back in early December, uh, which team is more different than they were a little over a month ago, the Seahawks or the Saints? Um, that's a good question. Uh, as far as personnel, I think you'd probably have to say the Saints are the most different. With what they, the change they made at left tackle in benching Charles Brown and, and the change they made at kicker in uh, jettisoning um, Garrett Hartley for Shane Graham. So from per, a personnel standpoint, I guess you'd have to say that the Saints are, are the more different team. Uh, the Seahawks have been pretty healthy. Uh, they may even have Percy Harvin back for this one. He's only played in one regular season game, and that wasn't against the Saints. So I guess you'd have to say the Saints are, are the more different team. The Saints uh, painted the Seahawks logo on their practice fields for preparations this week. Had you ever seen that before? No. No, I have not. Um, so it's one of the, you know, Sean is great about psychological motivation. I think we talked about this a week ago, the way he approached last week prior to the game with the Eagles, I thought was uh, just masterful. And he's very good at that sort of thing. So I'm sure this is one of maybe a few elements. I'm sure there are others that we may not know about. I know from the very beginning, after the victory against the Eagles, the Saints intended to change the team hotel that uh, we've stayed at as long as I can remember, actually, out in Seattle. So it won't be staying in the same hotel as before. Uh, probably a, this is a part of the idea, too, to change things up, uh, to say this is a fresh start, that nothing in the past means anything. And the Seahawk logo, I thought, was, was probably a fitting idea. And uh, maybe after the game, especially in victory, we might find out that some other things were done. Yeah, no doubt. There usually is more to the story, as they say. Uh, Jim, I've, I haven't asked you to do that, uh, do this this uh, season. Uh, I don't pay attention to lines. I don't, you know, that's just not my thing. But uh, I, I do want to ask you what you think about Saturday. Do, do you have a gut feeling one way or the other about the game? Well, last week I predicted, um, I think, for Bobby Bear from uh, Philadelphia, the Saints would lose a tight game. This week I'm going to predict that they win a tight game. And um, I think for some of the things you just touched on, uh, six seeds against one seeds in the divisional round of the playoffs, uh, the Saints' recommitment to the running game, the fact that they've been out there before as recently as December 2nd, and now some of these younger players know what it's like to play there. And I think, too, and this could prove to be totally wrong, but I always think that the, the loser of a first match, when it's in close proximity to a second, has the advantage, uh, only because um, of the psychological advantage to it. Now, I look back at the 2010 season when the Saints had beaten the Seahawks pretty resoundingly in the Dome about midseason, 
and then had to go out there to face a team that was 7-9, and nine, a, a below 500 team that had won their division. And the Saints at the time were the biggest road favorite in the wild card playoff history and went out there and lost. And I think it was because all the psychological motivation fell to the Seahawks. They weren't expected to win. They had nothing to lose. The Saints couldn't help but be overconfident the way they'd handled them before. And I think this is something that Pete Carroll has probably stressed to his team all week long. Uh, forget about that game. Forget about the fact that we even played them. This is a fresh start. And that's the right thing to say as a coach. And maybe your players respond to that. Maybe they think the same way. Or maybe they kind of feel psychologically that, look, uh, you know, we handled these, these guys as recently as, what, five weeks ago? There's no reason to think we can't do it again. And maybe they will. Uh, they're the, not the number one seed for nothing, and maybe they will. But I still think the advantage psychologically in this game goes to the Saints. Intelligent take on the football game this weekend. Jim Henderson has a long flight ahead of him today. Jim, how do you spend the uh, four-plus hours on the airplane today? I'm reading a really good book. Um, it's it's called Collision Low Crossers, probably the <laughs> probably the funniest title of a book I've ever seen. But it is so interesting. Uh, this writer, who really wasn't a sports writer, got the opportunity to be embedded with the New York Jets. And this would have been, I guess, the 2011 season, the lockout season. And it's fascinating because he truly gets behind the scenes. Uh, and you really get a, a sense of, of, the, of the, the politics amongst the coaches, how hard they work. Uh, Rex Ryan's personality just shines through. And it's really interesting to see their take at that time on Mark Sanchez and how he had divided the team, uh, how a lot of guys thought he, he never would amount to a quarterback, how the defense was really uh, almost up in arms against the offense because they were so ineffective and for a large reason, that being the, the inconsistent play of Mark Sanchez, even though he'd taken them into the playoffs the previous two years. And now to see how that team has been reshaped in the interim. And, of course, Mark Sanchez is unlikely to to uh, maybe even come back to the team again, or if he does, certainly not in a, a starter's role. So um, I'm about halfway through this book, and it's interesting as can be. And I really don't mind long flights. Uh, I like the chance to to settle in and uh, catch up on all the magazines I haven't been able to w- read during the week or to, to get deeply into a book. I have no, tro- no trouble with those flights. Uh, I'm not one of those people who can't sleep on a plane. I can do that very easily. So I actually look forward to long flights. Now, I don't like them as long as London or Japan, which we have done with the Saints, but uh, I have no problem uh, in the in the long flight to Seattle entertaining myself. Well, enjoy it. I may go check out this book myself. It sounds very interesting. You've done a good job of selling it there, Jim. <laughs> it's really good, Sean. In fact, I might give this to you after I read it. That'd be awesome. i got to warn you, though, there aren't many pictures and you cannot color it. Oh, man. All right, well, I'll have somebody read it to me then. How about that? Um, I know that you love your fishing. I hope that you're not on a lake next week. Perhaps you'll still be busy as the Saints will be looking at either the Niners or the Panthers maybe next week. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd be all for that. All right, Jim Henderson, Voice of the Saints. Safe travel, Jim. Bring us back a win, will you? All right, Sean. I'll do my best. Coming up next here on the Black and Blue Report, we'll check you with wide receiver Lance Moore, one-on-one with him as the Saints continue to prepare this week for the Seattle Seahawks. Back in the morning. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free 
and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Friday night, January 10th, when the Dallas Mavericks come to town. It's Oshner Health and Fitness Night at the arena, where the first 5,000 fans in attendance receive a Pelicans jump rope, courtesy of Oshner. Tip-offs at 7 p.m., and the Pelicans Fest pregame block party gets underway at 5.30. Tickets start as low as $16 and are available by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report as we continue to get ready for uh, Saints and Seahawks this weekend. It's our pleasure to visit with wide receiver Lance Moore. Um, before we get kind of into the teeth of the conversation about this game, i got to ask you at this time of the year, how busy is that training room down the hall right now for you guys? Uh, I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to stay out of there. Um, I don't want to visit there. I don't want to have to even go in there and get any tape, man. I, I like to stay away from there. And, um, but, you know, this is the time of year where guys are banged up, guys are sore, um, and, and you're not going to feel 100% at this point in the season. Um, and that's kind of the nature of the business, and you have to do what you can of a, you know, to maintain um, and, and, you know, kind of push through. Was there somebody along the way that kind of taught you about this time of year when you're when you're not 100 percent how you push through that how you think your teammates might be doing at it uh, i wouldn't say it was you know any one individual um that, that you know kind of guided me or told me i, I think it's just something that we all kind of learn you know after being here it's such a long season and um you know you just kind of have to push through all right let's talk about motivational factors for a moment here i don't know where you stand on this stuff but you know yesterday the pictures started to come out about that seahawks logo out in the practice field we heard about all the stories last week and getting ready for philadelphia how effective are those things in the grand scheme of it all? Uh, you're talking about it, so I guess they, they are pretty effective. But for you guys? I mean, we still go to work, you know, every day to try to get better and try to focus on the opponent. Um, you know, sometimes it's a little window dressing going on. Um, but, you know, I guess if, if it works for you, it works for me. <laughs> I heard you guys practicing out there again today with what they call the 12th man. It's that big black speaker out there. Does it even come close to simulating what you hear in a loud stadium across the league? Uh, yes and no. I mean, obviously it's a, a lot different environment. You know, it's, it's a little bit different when you have thousands of fans breathing down your necks and they're loud. Um, the speaker's loud. I mean, you really can't hear anything because the speaker's right there on the field. And, um, you know, it's hard to simulate the, the, the real live action, but um, I guess that that's uh, as close as you can get. You know, on the basketball side where they play 82 games during a regular season, you know, I hear a lot of guys talk about, you know, a win is a win. At the end of the day, you either won or you lost the game, and you can kind of take away all the factors. But if you look back on last week, to, to win outdoors <clears throat> at Philadelphia, adverse conditions, did it did it provide a step for this team? Is there a lift from accomplishing that? Um, yeah, I mean, just winning. I mean, I think that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter where we were or who we were playing. It's just the fact that we won and we're still in this tournament and um, have a chance to advance. And um, you know, go back to Seattle. I mean, that's that was what our goal was when we left that locker room because we figured that the you know the road to the Super Bowl will potentially go through Seattle, and um, now this is where we are. You know, with the game last weekend and then the weather has been unseasonably cool in New Orleans this week. You all have been outside. Does that does that take away part of the process of getting ready for what will be chilly, wet conditions in Seattle this weekend? Does it help? Um, I, I guess it can help. Yeah. Um, 
you know, if, if, if Sean wants to do it and he thinks it's going to help, then, hey, man, we're, we're all on board for it, and uh, we're going to work just as hard outside as we are inside. In the rain for wide receivers, uh, is there, what adjustments do you make? And, you know, the old guys used to use all the stick spray and all that stuff. <laughs> there's got to be some tricks that you guys have now. Uh, there's not really any tricks. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you can try different gloves, um, but, you know, if it's wet, and if it's wet enough, um, it's not really anything that you can do to improve those conditions. You know, I guess maybe try to concentrate a little bit more if the ball is in a, a spot where you can body the ball. Um, that may help you a little bit, but, um, you know, that's about it. When you were last in Seattle, were their defensive backs and whatnot more physical than most in handling you guys as wide receivers? Um, they're physical. Um, you know, I would say that they're, they're uh, a chippy bunch. Um, but one thing that they do do is, is they, they play with extreme effort all the time. Um, they're always flying around, and, and you know, if you're kind of standing around somewhere, they'll hit you. Um, and, and, you know, they, they call themselves a Legion of Boom for a reason. I mean, they, you can show um, any game on film, and they're flying around, they're making plays, they're hitting guys. So uh, we definitely have our work cut out for us. Your teammates have talked about just simply repeating the score as motivation enough for you guys going into this weekend. If, if, there's, if there's anything that has to change from that first meeting to now, what what ha- what does it have to be? And if you want to just speak specifically to your side of the ball, feel free. But what's got to be different? Well, we can't turn the ball over. I mean, that, that that's one kind of obvious thing. But um, you know, if you're playing a team that's that's as good as they are, um, you give them short fields or, or even scores on defense. Um, you make it you, you kind of your work is cut out for you even more. So uh, you know, definitely can't turn the ball over and. Um, you know, play play ball from there. You talk to hockey players, baseball players, they say there's nothing better than what they would say is a game seven mm-hmm. where every touch of the puck, every pitch has you on the edge of your seat. Is playoff football comparable at this point now? Absolutely. I mean, uh, the series have to get to seven games for it to be a game seven. Football, it's, it's win or go home. So, um, you know, the, these playoff games mean the world to, to everybody. And, and um, you know, just to play in those games is, is a blessing. But to, to have an opportunity to, um, you know, get to the ultimate goal, which is to, to win a Super Bowl, um, you know, it's awesome. Are you almost glad it's Seattle this weekend? It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, they're, they're the next team that's up. Let's go take care of business. Best of luck. Appreciate it. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report is an accomplished uh, sports reporter, host for the NFL Network, also spent time with ESPN. She's traveled the world covering not only pulp culture but uh, sports as well. Jen Brown is our guest here on the uh, Black and Blue Report. It's her debut visit. I hope that she'll come back for more. But, uh, Jen, first of all, I hope things find you well in California today. They do, Sean. They do, and I know that you're home, which you're happy about. You're not in, in uh 
in Minneapolis or in Indy, uh, very in the cold. You're, you're back home in New Orleans. That's got to feel good, huh? Yes, and it's warming up today, and folks are warming up for football this weekend. I do want to ask you about the games this weekend, but, uh, you know, as you approach uh, uh, these big-time pro athletes, uh, right before you go on with them, do you remind them that you played, like, seven different high school sports <laughs> and had, like, 14 letters while you were growing up in Florida? Do you, do you throw a little uh, a resume at them like that? You know, it's funny. Um, you know, it's always important to establish street cred, especially <laughs> as you're doing interviews. You know, it, it comes up every so often. You know, I just had Kiki and Rondé Barber on our show uh, this week for Football Life Backstory, and uh, it did come up. And, and it's cool because, you know, I've got Rondé looking at me. He's like, really? He's like, you're a baller, huh? And I, you know, so it was kind of cool. But, yeah, I, I look, I, I couldn't settle on one sport, so I, I played them all, although I did, you know, play softball in college. Uh, but it, it it was something I was just I grew up in an athletic family and and I just wanted to I just wanted to do every sport I could to figure out which ones you know that I, that I excelled at and I just wanted to play them all so it was fun it, but it it is funny when it when it does come up uh, if it does come up when I'm doing interviews I, I do get a little uh, you know a quirk, quirk of the head and they're like oh really okay all right so I get I get my I get my street cred my props from the athletes sometimes as a father of just two who are fairly active let's say pretty active. I can't imagine you and your family trying to fit in diving, volleyball, basketball, softball, and track. How, <laughs> how, did you have more days in the calendar year than most? I mean, how'd this work? You know, um, a lot of times I was doing so in the fall and the spring, I was doing two sports. Um, you know, I would do diving and volleyball, and then I would do softball and track, and then basketball was just. You just couldn't do it because there was too many games in the season. But um, yeah, I, I had a lot of friends who helped carpool when I did it before I got my license, and uh, it, it was. I didn't know it to be any different. And, you know, and it's kind of how my life has always been. Even now with, uh, with I work for NFL Network, I'm doing boxing for DirecTV. I'm doing American Ninja Warrior. I'm doing a show for the UFC. Like, I like to stay busy. I thrive when I've got 9 million things going on. So um, it just felt, it felt like normal for me. Jen Brown, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Jen, we see a lot now on NFL Network, but a lot of our listeners here in Louisiana will remember your time uh, covering college football and college athletics for ESPN. You seem to be in Baton Rouge to cover the LSU Tigers a lot during that stretch. I, I did. You know, it was great. I got to cover uh, quite a bit of games and, and did some great one-on-ones with Les Miles over there. But you know, one of my best girlfriends, Dinesh, is from Vail Platte. And so I've gone back with her to go to crawfish boils, to you know, visit with her family. So I, I'm usually there a couple times a year. But, uh, you know, the sad thing is I've never been to New Orleans, which, uh, which is certainly something I need to put on the top of my list to do in 2014. I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah, yeah, twenty fourteen. Yeah, so. yeah, I've never been. I've never been to Mardi Gras. You know, check that out a little bit. Um, I just think it'd be neat. I need to make it down there for sure. When you talk about road trips and where you'd like to go in twenty fourteen, looking back now though, because you you mentioned ESPN and NFL Network, uh, American Ninja, um, but you've covered some pop culture events too, stuff that's taking you around the world. Um, Park City, Cannes, Monaco. What's been the favorite road trip for you, Jen Brown? Oh, wow. Gosh, that's such a, you know, and, I, and it's not like it's the first time I've been asked that. Um, there's, there's two things that stand out. I'm an outdoors girl. I like, I like the outdoors. And so I did a trip where I got to go to Alaska and we went into a wildlife conservation and interacted with like kind of wild bears and moose. Now I wouldn't say they're fully wild because they're being reintegrated back into the wild because uh, either there were cubs and the mother had been killed or, or they were health issues. So that was really neat. Um, but I would say I did a shark dive in the Bahamas. And, and that was amazing. It was, uh, there's these tiger, uh, bull sharks, excuse me, and reef sharks, uh, 
I think it was bull sharks, actually. Some people say that would be way too dangerous. But nevertheless, it was uh, about 40 sharks underwater, and they were doing a feeding. And I had no chain mail on. And uh, it was great because it was all captured for TV. And I said, look, guys, if I if this is going to be my last die, dying day and I'm going to get eaten by a shark, you better at least capture it on TV so I can be remembered and make, uh, you know, some, some historic Shark Week video or something. But, no, I'm just teasing on that. But uh, I've got to do so much, like you mentioned. I've been so blessed. And uh, I think it's been interesting to see how my career has transitioned from getting to do the entertainment and the travel. And now I still travel, but uh, it's with sports. And, and as you mentioned earlier, sports has been a big part of my life. And so uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to, to get to do what I do every day because uh, it doesn't feel like work. And I'm sure you kind of feel the same way. Look, you cover basketball, right? You cover yep. the NBA. You yeah, cover, yeah. You're a firefighter, right? I mean, you, we, I'm sure you're as equally as passionate about what you do. And we're very blessed to, to wake up and, and do what most people do for fun. I, I can't say, Joe, though, Jen, uh, in my travels that I've been uh, swimming with sharks, nor do I plan <laughs> on it. And um, you've kind of revealed a little bit of a dark side here to us, uh, Jen. <laughs> a and, dark and, side. Yeah, and, and kind of you know wanting to uh, make sure that your demise in a shark tank <laughs> would be caught on video for the world to see. Well, I just it was a joke that we had because literally <laughs> there was, you know, we were the thing that was, was interesting about it is when we showed up to do the shark feeding and the dive, they were doing another feeding off another boat about 200 yards away, and they were it was where people paid to be on the boat, and they were throwing chum into the water. So nobody was swimming in the water. It was just watching sharks thrash around and eat chum. Well, that boat, when we showed up, that boat was that was going on. So there's only a couple of sharks. Well, my whole camera crew, everybody gets in the water, and I'm on the top. Well, then, then that boat goes away that was doing the feeding. So now all of those sharks have come to our boat. And there are, I mean, it felt like hundreds of sharks. There's probably about 20, 30 sharks, but they're all thrashing around. And the lady on the top was like, all right, go ahead and jump in. I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> they're going to eat me. Um, but I overcame that fear. I did jump in, but that was a running joke. I said, look, if I do get eaten, um, at least make sure the camera's rolling. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> Um, Jen, take me inside the NFL Network studios right now, and what is the the largest topic of conversation with regard to the divisional playoff games this weekend in the NFL? Oh, wow. I mean, uh, it's it's just been such an exciting 2013 season, uh, you know, especially capped with last week's games, uh, a lot of surprises. Um, I think uh, the Colts, I think that was, a, you know, Andrew Luck and what they were able to do with that second the second largest comeback uh, victory. is It was quite impressive, and so... You know, I, we're all just looking forward to, I mean, this is, I, I tweeted out the other day, I love my job, and I, I really do. It's so neat to show up, and especially where, who we get to work with. You know, I'm in studio, and you've got Michael Irvin, Kurt Warner, you've got Warren Sapp, I mean, you just got these legends of football, and Marshall Falk, I'm walking around, the, you know, the offices all the time, and, and just to sit there and listen to them, and, and so they're all excited, uh, which makes me even more excited, and uh, we're, we've got a good Good uh, weekend of games. Uh, you, you guys have a, a pretty good uh, matchup here. You got it done on the road last week, so that I know everybody's got to be uh, you kind of bucked the trend last week. Got to be excited about that. Uh, um, how's 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 everybody's uh, spirits there in, in in New Orleans right now? High anticipation to say the least, and I think that uh, revitalized Saints Club goes on the road this weekend after pulling off what they did in Philadelphia last week. My yeah. question to you, Jen, do you think do you think that um, what they accomplished in Philadelphia last week and the motivation from the loss to Seattle back in the regular season is enough to knock out the number one seed of the NFC? You know, I, I mean, I think that's what I'm hearing everybody talk about as as what gives you guys, you know, look, let's not kid ourselves. Seahawks have done very well. Uh, defense is, is top-notch. 
Uh, Pete Carroll is, is built the, the most elite defense right now in the NFL, and, and, and really uh, their home record speaks for itself. But I think what people are pointing to when they talk about the Saints is exactly what you just said, is that Breeze overcame, you know, Breeze and the, and the Saints overcame that, that criticism of, of, you know, not being able to get it done on the road last weekend, and, and, and coming off that is great. And, and, and the fact of what happened uh, back, back when, when they faced in Week 13, and, and uh, you know, it's always great to get a second shot at a team. And uh, I never count, never count the Saints out. You guys, uh, your offense led by Drew Brees is, is phenomenal. Sean Payton is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. So uh, I would say that uh, it, it's, it's going to be a good game. Uh, and, I ho- and, I, and I hope you guys can pull it out. I do. I really do. Jen Brown of the NFL Network, I guess you're on the Black and Blue Report. Jen, before I let you go, I do want to ask you, you anchored a block of programming that followed a football life backstory uh, featuring our own Steve Gleason here. Um, what impact did did that leave with you and your and your staff there at the NFL Network after uh, airing that programming? Wow, I mean, you know, I, I've, I've not met Steve, but, um, you know, I had the opportunity, Blair Casey, Claire Durrett from uh, uh, Team Gleason, they, they all came in and, and sat with us and, and just – and watching his documentary, and I had been familiar with it a little bit um, as it was being filmed and had heard about the trip that they did up to Machu Picchu, but, you know, the impact uh, that not only he's had on myself and, and the people at NFL Network, but just uh, from what I've read through Twitter and, and online, um, Steve Gleason's story and what he's doing for ALS has is, is moved so many people. And uh, it, he's a great man, and I, and I say that, and I haven't met him, but I'm so impressed uh, with with what what they've done, what Team Gleason has done for AS, ALS research and the people living with ALS, and and I really hope uh, and pray that they that they will find a cure, and and they're making great strides from what I understand, and and it is because of Steve and Team Gleason, um, and uh, there's so much still work to be done, and um, but uh, it's just. Uh, it's you know you, you get those opportunities, uh, Sean, where you cover stories and they 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 leave an impact on you. They they change your life. And um, there's only a handful, you know, usually over the course of your career. Uh, so far for me, at least. But uh, this is one that is certainly sits atop the list in terms of just uh, the impact uh, that his story, the people around him, and what they're doing uh, has had on me and the, the people that I've that I've seen in touch. Jen, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. You certainly uh, helped us uh, put together a nice Thursday show here on the Black and Blue Report. If people want to learn more about you, uh, is there a website or a Twitter account that we can pass yeah. along to them? Sure. No, that's great. You know, it's uh, jenbrown.com is my website, and Jen Brown uh, is the same thing for Twitter, it's J-E-N-N. Uh, and then, uh, you know, a cool little plug that's something new that I, if you don't mind, is because, uh, you know, the Saints or the Pelicans may like it, but I have a jewelry line, Jen Brown Collection, and I have a game day line, so it's for – sports fans and i create you know necklaces and bracelets for girls so uh, maybe, maybe they can check it out i uh and a lot of the proceeds I, I i do things and fun stuff with charities and giving back so uh it's a fun little project that i have on the side but sean i really appreciate you having me on the on the show i hope it's not the last time yeah. it certainly was the first but hope it's not the last no I, I hope that we'll have you back um but i can't wait to tell my wife that she can check out jenbrown.com and see uh perhaps some uh some new game day uh 
do I, what do I call them here? Accessories? Is that fair? Yeah, it's, yeah. I've, okay. I've got necklaces and bracelets, and I make them all in, in teams' colors, and they're all custom. So people can log on and Jen Brown Collection, and you you pick out your your team's colors, and I we've got some cool designs. It's it's, it's a fun little side project. Uh, you know, like I said, I like to stay busy. So sometimes, most of the time, I'm making the jewelry. By the way, I've got some downtime, so get a little piece for me. Send a little signed picture. It's fun. Good time. Good time. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, I learned a lot today. That's for sure. Jen, thank you very much. We'll look forward to talking to you again. Perhaps maybe as we get closer to the Super Bowl. How about that? Sounds good. Sounds good. I'd like it, and hopefully, I'll, maybe we'll meet up in, in in New Orleans one day. The phrase is Renaissance man, but I think Renaissance woman would be good here for <laughs> Jen Brown, as she uh, has her hands across a lot of different platforms. We've got to wrap up the show. We'll do that here on this Thursday in just a moment. Stay with us. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners. So play for the thrill. License to Thrill. You belong at the Bow. CM Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1 NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars challenges your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. Your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Great show today on Thursday, as usual, because Jim Henderson stopped by. It got even better as we visited with Lance Moore today and our first visit ever on this program with Jen Brown of the NFL Network. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you did too. Looking forward to tonight's Monty Williams show at 8 Central on WWL-FM. We'll get a long visit with Coach Williams tonight, talk about the current state of things with the basketball teams, and we go a little deeper on the Ryan Anderson situation. Uh, Anderson is with the team now, um, and we may see him tomorrow when the Pelicans host the Dallas Mavericks or sometime in the next couple of days with games on Saturday and then again on Monday. So we're still uh, keeping a close eye on Ryan Anderson, and we'll hear more from Coach about that tonight. Don't forget full coverage of Saints practice this afternoon can be found at NewOrleansSaints.com. And then tomorrow, uh, producer Dan, who do we have on the black and blue reports? Jen Hale. She's covered. She's actually covered Seattle in Seattle five times during this regular season. So we want to ask her about the Seahawks tomorrow. Uh, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com will join us from Seattle tomorrow. And then, uh, as I mentioned, I'm going to effort today in the locker room to get you another one-on-one with the Saints uh, as they continue to prepare and get ready to fly today to the Emerald City. So uh, as good as today was, Tomorrow could be even better. Who knows? The only way to find out is to tune in tomorrow, anytime afternoon. Uh, no appointment radio. The Black and Blue Report. For Producer Dan, I'm Sean Kelly. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.